Good day and welcome to Podcast in the Woods. I am your host, as always, Boomer, and the hits guys just keep on coming. Today I'm joined by Ross from General Witchfinders, Horrific British Horror. Welcome to the show, my dude. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on on this uh, lovely sunny Sunday day, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, uh, at, <laughs> wherever wherever you may live. I am, like I said, happy to like have you on the podcast. Uh, you know, we've been interacting a little bit on the socials, and man, I got mm-hmm. I absolutely love uh, what you and the guys are doing over on General Witchfinders. Tell the listeners if, uh, if they're unaware where they can find you. Oh, thank you. Um, well, anyway, you get podcasts. I imagine you're listening to this on some kind of podcast platform. So um, stop immediately. Go and subscribe to us on General Witchfinders. Listen to all our episodes, then come back to this one. I'm not uh, joking, really. Um, uh, yeah, where you can find us wherever you find podcasts. And we are on YouTube as well, um, but there's no visuals for that. Just You just see um, the, um, the artwork for the episode on there. But um, we get quite a few listens on YouTube, which I was surprised. Awesome. Yeah, it is a tremendous show, guys. Like I said, I man, every episode I catch, you want a podcast with unique takes and some great, great insight. I promise you, this is it. It's and it's also, it's a lot of fun. I, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's the accents. <laughs> I think my show Thank might you. be fifteen percent better now that you're on. <laughs> God goodness. Okay. But anyway, all those links are going to be down in the description, guys. So please, please go check them out. Like you said. And before we dive into the movies that we're going to be talking about today, uh, let me just ask what your favorite horror movie is. I knew you was going to see, um, I knew he was going to ask me that. And I was discussing this with my, my wife and children as, uh, today because I said, he's going to ask me what my favorite horror film is. And I don't know. And my, um, my oldest daughter, she said, um, give me some good advice. She said, to let's say that my, it changes all the time and it's, it's, um, it's different every time someone asks me. So I've, I've written down a list of the, which I sort of cycle through as, as being my favorite, but and maybe, I don't know if there's a, a link between these, but I've got uh, The Witch, Kill List, Midsummer, Under the Skin, Hereditary, St. Maud, and A Dark Song. Um, and they all, none of those are particularly uh, uh, a fun watch. Um, there's, some, there's a couple of laughs in some of those, but um, yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all pretty bleak. Um, but yeah, those are sort of, I sort of cycle through those. Uh, I kind of, I dig that actually. I'm, I'm a bit nihilistic myself when it comes to my taste sometimes. I mean, I like, I like to have a good time, but obviously there's, mm. there's times, you know, when you just want to throw something on, turn your brain off. I don't know, but I like, that's the whole reason why I love Asian horror so much, mm-hmm. you know, especially like the Juon franchise and that kind mm. of thing. Cause I mean, there is, there are no happy endings in, in that one. It's, you know, basically just. You know, you, you get an hour and a half and all these characters, you know, are just and not going to be happy endings. So I, I, I get that. I, and I love The Witch. The Witch is fantastic. That's yeah. such a that's such a good one. We've it's, got it's, a um, we've got a cast iron ram's head, which used to be over the fireplace in our lounge called Black Philip um, uh, as our tribute to um, The Witch. But my my mum refused to come into the, the living room when I had it up. So we've had to move it into the bedroom now. But um. Yeah, I, I think the witch is. It, I think it's one of. I think it's one of the scariest films for me, because of the belief those people in that film have right. about what happened to their child because their child was taken before it was baptized, and the 
you know, that is, it's real for a lot of people now, but, you know, it was a real for a lot of people then that, that you know, reality is, is what you believe yeah. um, to a certain extent. And if they believe, if you believe in damnation and, and um, you know, eternal um, sort of hell for, for a child just because you didn't get it baptised, how could you live with yourself? And, and, and it's not just a case of that, uh, you can have that, that horrific, horrible um, guilt on you for this life. If you live, believe you're going to live forever and potentially have to go to hell yourself because you didn't, because of what that happened, it's just, it's horrific. And I think for me that, that is a million times worse than uh, any jump scare you can get out of a film. That just some of those things which you feel like you, you look into the, the, the horror and some of these things and the, uh, the sort of things that people are going through and in, 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 in all those all those films which I just listed off there they just it's just it's just terrible and then you feel like well, why am I watching this for like um, enjoyment um, but you know I, I I get it that's that's awesome yeah I, I do I I always prefer uh, a movie like the movies that go to the top of my list are the ones that do they fill you with dread maybe you know mm. it's not not necessarily all the you know the jump scares and stuff like that. I mean that really doesn't resonate with me. But yeah, the the ones that I mean just leave you actually feeling something. And Kill List is a is a good. One. I have not seen that one. I need to get that. That's Ben Wheatley, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I I have heard so much good things about about that movie, and I it's been on my watch list forever, and I still have not gotten to it. I need, I need to check that one. I, I got to get to that one. Yeah, you know, I, I I do feel like um, Hereditary was pretty much. An American remake of Kill List. Um, okay. Yeah, um, there's just certain themes in there. Um, but I feel often the things that's again, which is scary to me, is when it, it feels like this is so close to real life, but just tipped over the edge. And right. again, it's all down to people's belief. You know, I don't want to, I won't spoil any uh, much of Kill List for you, but you know, it comes down to a lot of what people believe. Is happening in this film and it's i think it's up to you as a viewer to decide is it actually happening or or are you just confronted with a lot of people who are all believing something which isn't real but it's still causing something horrible to happen and and yeah again i think the power of belief um in humans is a, a very ter terrifying thing to me because if you think of most of the worst things that happen in history um all down to one someone believing something potentially supernatural absolutely absolutely yeah and well speaking on on that you guys just covered the wicker man not too long ago and yes i mean that that is probably the best podcast that i've ever heard on <laughs> on the wicker man that was that it was really really good Thank but you. you know what's really funny um i actually got the uh, the dates mixed up for for the show so when i told you like remakes <laughs> no. i I actually meant to do that one later, but I kind of just rolled with it. And mm -hmm. what was really funny is like what the theme that, that I was going to do this week actually was, and it was vampires. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we got halfway there, didn't we? Yeah, so it, it, it worked out. It worked out. I'm, but I'm sure, you know, nothing like that ever happens on your show. You guys are, you guys are amazing. Oh, goodness. No, our, our scheduling is all over the place. Um, I just had a text from one of my friends, uh, one of the co-hosts today. He says, oh, I'll speak to you later today. I go, no, no, it's not happening because John's gone, going to watch a, a gig tonight. He's going, oh, okay. And, and then we've had occasions where one of us has watched a completely wrong film, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. but, um, I've, I've done that before as well. I've, 
because I was supposed to watch like the original for something and I ended up um, accidentally watching like the remake and, mm. <laughs> and like people are talking about stuff that's going on I'm like I don't I don't remember that happening well, that's <laughs> where your improvisation skills come in yeah, yeah. <laughs> on and I'm like oh no okay well we're gonna try to make this work yeah uh, well my dudes and deadites out there we are looking at remakes with 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula and the Evil Dead 2013. So let's do this. So first up, uh, why don't we talk about Dracula? And, uh, you know, when I told you, like, remakes, you, you jumped on this one pretty quick. So why, yeah. why Dracula? Um, I think this particular version of Dracula has got, uh, means a lot to me in, in as much as uh it it came out when um i was very impressionable and i was uh starting to get my own money from a part-time job starting to sort of like you, when you're, you're a teenager and you're sort of coming to the end of i think i was like sixth form at the time which is um kind of after school before you go to college mm-hmm. um and you, that's when you you, you you get to go to school without school uniform so then you start trying to you know, create a persona for yourself and like, who am I? You know, I, I, I've got the opportunity now to, to choose who I am. And it's in your sort of like grasping around to say, you know, what am I into? What kind of music do I like? Because other people like are into music and people are into film. So what type of film do I like? And you're, you're grasping around. And I think this film came out at that sort of time. And um, I've got this, I've, when the film came out, this magazine came out um, called Dracula, the Complete Vampire at my local news agents. And I, I bought that. And it just opened up a whole world of, of like horror movies, which were suddenly accessible to me because I was old enough to, to, to rent these films out and go to the cinema to see them. So I think I must have been 16 or 17 when this film came out, but I managed to get my dad to take me to see Dracula, which was an 18 certificate. And I, had, I was very, very scared in the queue that I was going to get caught and not allowed to go in to see it. And we managed to sneak in. And then I had to sit there and watch you know, three um, naked women going down on Keanu Reeves while yeah. sitting next to my dad, which is a very <laughs> um, strange experience. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it, but it is also, our podcast is about British horror, whereas this wouldn't fit within that remit. So I just thought this is a great opportunity for us to be able to talk about one of my favourite films on your podcast. And Dracula has been remade so many times. Um, so I thought it... it, it it, and but also, I feel like this is a very unique take, um, particularly visually, on the uh, on the story. And I thought that it, it needed to be talked about. Oh, it is. It's oh, it's incredibly visually. Obviously, you know, directed by the author, you know, Francis Ford Coppola. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a visual piece. Did you? Yeah. It's and speaking about remakes and this movie in particular being being remade. You know, we're getting a, a kind of a new take on it, uh, Rimfield, and it's got uh, Nick Cage as as Dracula. Have you heard about yes. that one? I, I've only seen pictures of, of Nick Cage as Dracula in there, so uh, I'm I'm looking forward to finding out more. I am too. I'm I'm so excited. I mean, I love Nick Cage, so that mm. I think that one is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, when he man, when he, when he goes for it, I mean, he's a phenomenal actor. He really is. Mm. So I'm, I'm I'm actually looking forward to that one a lot. Like I said, directed by Francis Ford Coppola and starring Richard E. Grant, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, the amazing Tom Waits. Tom Waits, 
skills in this in yes, this movie. Right, incredible. England's own Keanu Reeves. This is always taking a drink. Very good. <laughs> and uh, some guy named Gary Oldman. Uh, no, <laughs> Gary Oldman. Again, the, the performances that in this movie are just are are fantastic. Obviously, with you know a uh, couple exceptions. And let, why don't we why don't we touch on that? You know, just to get yeah. the elephant in the room out of the way first, because most of uh, you know, in fact, I think pretty much all the negativity uh, that surrounds this film is always Reeves and one of our writers' performance. What what are your thoughts on this? And does that take you out of the film? Uh, at all? I don't know. Um, I think Keanu Reeves, I, I, I always say I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan, but what I, I probably should say, I'm a big Bill and Ted fan. And I, I think Bill and Ted's Biggest Journey, I think it's the film I've seen the most times at the cinema. Me and my friends just went to see it over and over again. We just love Bill and Ted. Oh, yeah. So I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of uh, love in my heart for Keanu. Um, but there's not many films I've watched, which I think oh, he did a good job in that. Um, right. Apart from those, there's a horror film where he, he lets two girls come into his house. What's it called? Have you seen that one? I haven't. I know what you're talking about. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. Is it Eli, is it Eli Roth's girlfriend? And it always oh, got something. Got something yeah. To it. Yeah. He's good in that because he's, he's absolutely insane. <laughs> and, right. And he just goes off the wall. Um, but yeah, I think this film to me, they got, as, as everyone who was like hot at the time, it was anyone who, all they wanted to get all the big stars in it. Anthony Hopkins just come off the back of um, um, Silent Salam, so they, they got him in it. Um, Keanu Reeves was like the, the heartthrob at the time, so they put him in it. Um, and I think everyone else in the film is at the top of their game and, and is kicking out of the, the park. I think Renona Ryder in this is, amazing i think she's brilliant and i think it shows some of the craziness which you actually see in her actual persona as as a older but uh, person starts comes out a little bit in this and i think she she's she was she's really good in this um but keanu i don't know i think maybe it's one of those things that maybe you needed someone to be a bit flat and a bit shit when you got gary oldman in with a massive white wig and a huge red robe and there's, yeah. and there's shadows moving around him and everything if he was off the chart as well maybe it, it would just be too much but yeah it's just the accent i think I, um he he he's he just i think forces who's someone who's a star name he's, he just doesn't come across with any star um uh, energy at all in this but i think he's just surrounded by so many brighter stars yeah, I think that's it. And you know what? I've seen much worse. And spoilers, I love this movie. I really do. And honestly, again, like kind of you, you touched on, he's just against such giants like of, of acting in it. So it just makes it a little bit more more noticeable. But yeah. I, I do. I like I like Keanu Reeves. And I, I felt kind of particularly bad for him uh, because he was. He was he was a hot commodity at this time. And he was working his ass off. And it was mm. like, I think it was like his fourth or fifth movie in just like a short amount of time. So probably didn't have too much time to, to work with like a, a coach. And on top of that, he was he was just exhausted. But, mm. you know, obviously, if, if Francis Ford Coppola, you know, calls your agent and says, hey, I, I want you in my movie, you're not you're not going to you're not going to turn that down. No. And, and I think he, they were working so hard as well on the 
you know that you hear stories about them working um to midnight um you, some of the sort of in, intensities they put into it and some of the things which we'll probably talk about with how they did the special effects it was just a lot of work for them and i think if he if he was exhausted already working on this probably pushed them over the edge oh absolutely yeah and for some reason i don't know what it is but it always seems like like english you know actors from like the uk you know whether it's uh you know scotland or england or any you know somewhere over there seem to have an easier time doing American accents than yeah. we, we do doing doing English accents. I don't, I don't know why that. Can you do an English or an American accent? <laughs> oh gosh, no! You can't put me on this. Can't put me on the spot. <laughs> you don't have to do it. I'm just no, no. I um, I think I, I would try, but if there was no Americans listening, but um, <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh, uh, oh. I I certainly can't do an English accent. Mine would just come off as some kind of character uh, character character. I can't even say that. But I don't know some some kind of like dick van dyke parody or something yeah. like that so i'm i'm not going to try it either oh man and you know i'm i'm sure there there was a little bit of like studio meddling as as mm. as well um well, i don't know like speaking of, of that like something that this made me think of though while i'm watching uh keanu reeves in, in that is like you know john wick four is is being made mm-hmm. and we really don't have any story details and so I was like, "Hey, John Wick Ford, John Wick versus versus Dracula." I mean, does, yeah. does, does that sound amazing? That sounds good to me. Yeah, definitely. So or, or Blade. Oh yeah, yeah, Blade. I, I didn't even think about that. That that's that is that's awesome. But this movie, though, like when it came out, it was it was an absolute sensation, mm-hmm. uh, and you didn't have those critiques. Not now. I mean, there were a little bit, but not nearly as many as as. Kind of revisionist, revisionist, revisionist history. I mean, people, man, people have such a problem with that now. But like at the time, the same, same kind of thing with like Lost Boys. You know, it's just mm. become kind of popular to hate, hate these kinds of movies. But like I said, I absolutely love it. And I mean, we start off, and let's talk about the the costume design. At you know the like the armor that Gary Oldman's wearing at the at the very beginning. That is just inspired so so much so uh, you know what did you think about like the, the costume design and cinematography in this movie it's, it's i'm getting goose pimples just thinking about it because it's i think it's just so such a unique take to to um the story i i, I don't know if they decided we need to make this look like no dracula ever before for any kind of like rights issues or com- uh, because i think i've heard that they had to call it bram stoker's dracula because universal um we're uh we're gunning for them because of they they own a lot of the sort of the ip around the look of dracula um so maybe that's why they decided we're going to make this look like no dracula you've ever seen before and no dracula i've seen since apart from mr burns dressing up as dracula in, in the simpsons the um it's it's just it's just incredible you can see why it won an oscar for it um i got um at the time when this came out there was a mike Mignola who did Hellboy drew the comic book adaptation of this, and I've, I bought, I had that as a teenager. I lost it, unfortunately, but I managed to um, get that again. And just all of those, all of those, that style, to sort of seems to sort of lend itself so well to his art as well. And it's just, it's just, it's just inspiring. Um, some of it, and and, and, and I know um, a lot of people have issue with the fact it's called Bram Stoker's Dracula, where they've taken a lot of liberties with the um, the source. Material by adding in some of the uh, 
the uh, love stories and um, um, some of the um, the way they are focusing on on the character of Dracula himself, where he was, you know, very the, the other in 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 the in the story. But um, I it's I I just love it. I think it just it's so evocative. It's it's like the craziest stage play you would ever go and, go and see. It's and even now, and I don't rewatch many films. And I, but I probably what I, I own this on DVD. I hardly got any DVDs left now. I bought it on Blu-ray in order to watch it for this. And watching it now, uh, probably for the tenth, twelfth times, there's still details in the sets which I've never seen before. So, for example, when the scene where um, Jonathan's shaving and Dracula comes up um, and shaves him, and the famous licking the um, the blade, mm-hmm. I was I was watching. I was thinking, are the walls moving? And the, and then doing some research after the, the walls were um, moving inwards in on the set. So the set was becoming smaller whilst they were filming that to give that sense of um, claustrophobia. And I've, I've seen this so many times. I've never seen noticed that before. It's so much detail has been put into this. That's, a, that's amazing. I didn't notice it this time. I'll have to go back and, and watch it again just to kind yeah. of look. It's kind of like Suspiria where, mm. you know, you, you watch Suspiria and you just pick up like, little things every single time like subtle hints i mean obviously you know what's what's going on in the story but there's there's a lot of stuff in that movie whether it's in the draperies the clouds the backgrounds and there's so much happening in that in that movie so yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to go back and and, and check this out again and just kind of look for those things and one of the things i noticed this time which i never noticed before is the layering of sound there's lots of backwards audio in this very quiet, particularly when they're in, in Castle Dracula at the beginning. Um, and I was like, what is, what is that audio? I've never noticed it before that there's people talking backwards, like whispering in the background. Mm-hmm. And it'd be amazing to find out what are they actually saying? Is, is it just backward speech for the sake of weird, weird backward speech? Or was, you know, is there some meat extra layer in there, which is they've added in, which I've never noticed before. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it has, you know, it has something to do with that, but um, and you know you can you kind of spoke on it a little bit about how this differentiates it's it's actually it's pretty faithful but they did take you know a couple of liberties like you were like you were saying and they added in the uh, love story element so I've, I've read Bram Stoker's Dracula and I really can it's such a it's such a good book but uh, which which do you prefer like the you know the version of, of Dracula is just kind of this this monster force of nature you know with basically no redeemable qualities to him or do you like prefer the you know the love story that gives uh, a bit of emotional weight to to the characters and to that dynamic? I don't know. Um, I wanted to say that the book for me is one of the earliest found footage horrors because it's all diary extracts, newspaper um, articles, and all that kind of stuff. And right. it, and I think that's a, that's a a really great way of telling a story. Apparently, it was it was quite popular in Victorian times. Um, but that allows you to see the story of Dracula in the book from all the different characters' points of view, um, which is interesting because whilst w- watching this, I was trying to think, who is the protagonist in the story? Because it starts off with um, Jonathan in the castle, um, but then it quickly moves over, I think, to Mina. Yes. Um, but also, uh, and, and Dracula. And I was trying to, and it's, it's quite unusual as a story where the the protagonist sort of swaps and moves around, which is very much like the book. However, they've they've given Dracula himself a story 
which, like you said, he is just a, a force of nature, a, 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 an adversary in the book. Um, and I felt like that's, this is around the sort of time of um, Interview of a Vampire where that's became uh, a popular thing to do, to start looking at the, the backstory of these monsters and, and trying to give them some kind of sympathetic uh, sort of bent on there to allow people to sort of sympathize them a little bit more. Um, and I don't know, because it kind of takes away any, a lot of the sort of the horror aspect of it. I don't think this film is, is particularly scary, although um, there are, a, there's a couple of, some of the sort of the, the uh, makeup designs and stuff of that are in this Dracula, which you, you don't see anywhere else, like the wolf version of him, the bat version of him, and the rat sort of creature, just amazing. Um, but not, they're not particularly terrifying as much because I think that you, you you always got that sympathetic side of, of Dracula and and it's strange that I think that in in fiction you can sympathize with someone who who's who's just been seen to butcher like a whole army impaling people on spikes you know killing um poor Lucy and all that kind of stuff and then you still sympathize with him you know why is that how how can we do that as viewers it's it's very very um very strange but I don't know, man. Um, I feel like this is probably the, what the best, my favourite version of Dracula on screen, but I, I, I kind of see it as the book is a, a very different thing to any screen version because no one's ever actually captured it quite right. Right, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's if if it's even possible to do that. You know, I mean, completely faithfully, but I, I think that I actually prefer this this version of the story and you know the talking about the other difference and then we'll do away with those we won't do a whole comparison but the you get the the backstory of of dracula and how he became a vampire in in the first place and that's not something you get in the book it's kind of hinted oh. that he may be you know vlad but you never get you know a definitive answer on you know where he where he actually actually came from so talk to us a little bit, you know, we, we mentioned it, you mentioned it briefly where you know, he goes and uh, goes to war. And yeah, that, that's pretty gnarly. We can get the, the impaling that, that one soldier just sliding down the pipe. Yeah. Uh, but what, what did you think about this, that opening I, to our story? I, I, it's, a, it's, it's great. I, the visuals on there, um, I can't remember. It, is it when they, when they show the, the, um, the, the battle, it's all in silhouette, isn't it? It, it feels like it's a mixture of real people and sort of shadow puppetry as well. Is, is, is that yeah. correct at that point? It yeah. is, yeah. And uh, that's that's something else. Like a lot of people watching it now, you know, think that there's a lot of CGI work going on, but there's a, all this is like in camera, yes. um, and it's so well done. But I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I I agree. Um, I, I, it for me that makes it even more um, worthy as a film. That uh, I think he was. I think from my reading that um Coppola's original vision for this was to be completely almost like a um have you seen seen um Dogville with um uh Nicole Kidman when it's uh, sort of um I think the, his original um idea for this was to be almost on a stark super artificial stage very minimal props and a set design and it just to be all about the acting on that and the studio was like no you know, don't, we can't do that no one's going to go and watch that um and then there was a lot of uh, they 
putting together with the special effects company who were going to do it and there was a lot they were talking a lot of dish they want to do a lot of digital stuff and he was like i think he was still sort of trying to hold on to this like it's all about the performance and i don't want to turn this into a massive effects movie and he, they sacked them and i think it was it his his son was it copper's son who ended up sort of doing all the research and end up it trying was. to see okay what can yeah. we do in camera and it's almost like some of the stuff is what you would see if, if it was done live and it's it, it just feels so much more even though it's very artificial it feels so much more real it does it man it yeah it just puts you right right in the action yeah it's it's oh, so it's so brilliant and speaking of the acting the first after after we get that that opening you know we we meet Renfield in the asylum and he's just acting his ass off and man I I wish that we got a little, and I know it's a, it's kind of a long movie anyway, but I'm, I, you know, I'm not a stickler for runtime. I kind of, I kind of wish that we got a little bit more time with Renfield because he, Tom Waits is a genius in this, in this movie. Yeah, and, and I love the, his costume as well. When you see his straight jacket later on, and also the weird, before, at the very start, he's got these weird sort of like contraptions over his fingers, doesn't he? Yeah. And when he's sort of catching the flies and stuff, it's, it's sort of super, I don't know if steampunk was a thing back then, but yeah, they really lean into sort of the, the sort of the Victorian gadgetry, like the, some of the, the guards in the um, asylum have got like those square cages on their heads to stop them being attacked. It's yeah. super stylist, stylistic. It is. And when I, so I saw this, oh, a lot younger because uh, my mother was a huge, huge fan of this, of this movie. So I saw this when I was probably nine or so. <laughs> probably mm -hmm. too young to be watching this and yeah Renfield just oh he creeped me out um he's just so kind of kind of sinister and just just a bit off and you you have no idea what, what he's going to do next so mm -hmm. oh man I, I I love that it's probably and I know Gary Oldman is phenomenal in this and I mean it's hard to compare the two but man Renfield is is probably my favorite character in this in this movie as, as crazy as that may sound oh, i think it's he's often forgotten about because there's so many other people in there um but yes i think you're right and i think particularly it's, it's just the interaction he has with um richard e. grant when he's talking about trying to he's like trying to get like a bird and a, a kitten and a cat is that is that just the um interaction we're talking about yeah yep. yeah and i think you know richard e. grant is you know He's, he's a titan. I love him just as a person. He did an amazing TV series where he went to all the most expensive hotels in the world. And the first thing he would do is jump all over the bed, have a crap on the toilet and lick all the plates. <laughs> okay. um, and he's just a mental, amazingly eccentric person, which I think is great. But, and he's, he just a little, he's just a, a very small flavor in this film. Um, but it's just, just that interaction between him and Renfield. It's just perfect. Love it. You know, I'd watch a whole film with just, just them two. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would actually, that would be, that would be great. And so we, we continue on from, from that. We get Jonathan and he's been sent to Transylvania to handle these affairs with, with Dracula and accents aside, mm -hmm. I, I like uh, the character of, of Jonathan in this, I, mean, I think he's he's you know a very likable. Maybe that's just because it's Keanu Reeves and he's so mm. just charismatic. Anyway, yeah. I mean the one thing about Keanu Reeves is you just kind of want to hug him. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's just a lovely. You you swap, you'd want him to be your, your uncle or something, wouldn't you? He's just a oh, lovely yeah. man. 
yeah, he is, he, he's a wonderful person. Uh, but then you get these, these travel sequencing and some like breathtaking, just absolutely breathtaking Gothic cinematography that hits me just right in the field, uh, in the fields. Did you ever get a chance to watch like the old, you know, universal monster movies or the ghost stories from like the fifties and, and sixties yes. that this kind of, you know, took a little bit of inspiration from. Yes. But, but this has got the, that extra layer of color. I think the, the use of color in this film is just phenomenal. So the reds and the, and the purples, the, the, the out, this completely weird, strange use of purple in this film. It's just it's lovely. It is. It's oh my goodness. It's it's so well done. Yeah. It is just it does like it takes it takes those influences uh, that it's you know that it's kind of not not mimicking but paying homage to. And just absolutely, it just ups it to like the next the next level with the the use of color and the, the angles, the shots, the wide shots in, in this movie that are are just so good. And so you know, on the, on the you get the the travel sequence with Jonathan and and he meets like the creepiest coach driver who I've ever seen in, in cinema history, who just kind of growls at him and drags it in. And I was trying to work out how do they make that coach and horses look like it's floating. Because yeah. they are real horses, and and it's not digitally done. So I I look at I was like, and I was trying to research it. I can't see how they can make galloping horses look like they're floating on the smoke. It's it's amazing. It is. I I I don't know. Yeah, that's something that stuck out to me as well. But it's funny, like you know, they they do this, and then uh, or they take them to the coach, and then they go through this this blue fire that's coming up from up from the ground and. You know, at this point, I'm getting like real strong note vibes if I'm Jonathan. I mean, I know it's my job, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I would be going with them. Yeah, screw this. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just not a normal thing, right? No. But, uh, and, you know, then we meet uh, then we meet Gary Oldman's Dracula. And the use of like the living shadows in here mm. is just superb. Uh, walk us through that, like the when, when he meets when he meets Dracula for the first time. Oh, it, it's just the castle for, for starters is one of the most amazing castles, apart from um, the Fortress of Ultimate Evil in Time Bandits. Those are my two favorite castles of all time in cinema history. Um, and again, the amount of detail, and you think of these enormous physical sets with some um, uh, uh, matte painting, but again, proper matte painting beautiful stuff but yeah when when dracula arrives one it's like everyone knows dracula dracula looks at belogosi that is what you're expecting you know you're not expecting this almost japanese looking you know not not even barely human um creature coming to the door but also gary Oldham puts a he he he, he feels likable despite his uh, non-human look he, yeah he he, he the, the, when he smiles and the friend he he puts across a creepy um dangerous vibe but also kind of likable and friendly at the same time yeah um but yes yeah, so like you said he's he's carrying a light so there's a light source on him but you've got the the, the um the shadows moving um very subtly to start off with like you think he's coming from one direction and then the uh, the character will be with somewhere else or um, uh, dialogue will be, will be being said and the and Dracula the, the 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 human being as it were is maybe holding his feelings in but his real feelings are 
being e- expressed through the through what the vampire's doing uh, through the shadow's doing so like grabbing jonathan's throat or or, or things like that or even like knocking things over later on that the, the, the shadow is a physical thing where it's it's moving objects around it's just it's brilliant it is it is and uh, just as an aside i want one of these robes that was that was the, with the, the red robe that was so cool yes. <laughs> oh well, a lot of the stuff in this when when he when he first gets to london the the you know the outfit that he's wearing there i'm like man i would still oh. rock this today it's, oh. i said to my wife i want to dress like harker in this but when he turns up in that big coat with the oh, yeah. bowler hats and stuff yeah it looks yeah. amazing it is just so fucking suave so <laughs> dracula is is buying property around london and he becomes basically the first house flipper. And <laughs> so therefore the origin, he's not just the origin of vampirism, but like reality TV as well, I guess. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's so funny. But um, the next thing we get, we get Lucy or introduced to, to Lucy and she's talking about how she doesn't have any proposals during this age. And she kind of, you know, feeling like an old spinster at 20, was she 18 or 20, something like that? Yeah, I think she's 20, yeah, I believe, yeah. And I don't understand that because she totally runs every single room that she is in. <laughs> yeah, it's, those two girls are, you know, the way, the way they dress and the way, yeah, I think I probably saw them at a very impressionable age, but, you know, totally in love with them. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, Just and, beautiful. Yes, and, yeah. Sorry, I'm 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 speechless. Nothing so much. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're heading back to to Renfield and his obsession with his his master, and yes. he is delightfully malevolent and pathetic at like at mm-hmm. the at the same time. And again, like I said, I just I wish we get more more time with 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 him. It's just every every single scene that he's in, he just is just dominating dominating yes. the screen. So we should say that um, in this version, he was the original um, uh, person from Jonathan's co- company who was sent to see Dracula originally. Right. Yeah. Which is not uh, in the um, in the original uh, um, in the original book. So it's almost um, the fact just Renfield going to see Dracula the first time drove him insane. But I think it was a case of that like, uh, Dracula then sent him ahead to pave the way for his arrival in London. Yeah. But I don't know if he acts then. Uh, the plan went wrong. He ended up being um, committed to the asylum, so maybe he was meant to be doing something else. Um, but he is also the patient of uh, Jack Seward, yes. um, who is um, played by Richard E. Grant, who is one of the fr- ends up being one of the three uh, suitors for Lucy. So Lucy is the friend, uh, the best friend of uh, Jonathan's uh, uh, fiance, um, Wilhelmina Murray. Um, who's played by um, uh, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Yeah. went blank there. Um, yeah, so that's how they, all these people, how this, all of these people are uh, related. Um, because I was, I was thinking that it's one of these, the, the story of Dracula and and this film as, as well, it is a very, it's, it's a very small cast of interrelated characters. And almost if you stop to think about it, it is, preposterous that all of these people know each other and all of this all of this grand plan of Dracula is relates is all happening to probably like six people who 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 know each other just happen to all know each other but um I think you're just sort of taken away with the story and just go with it 
yeah, I have, yeah, you just get sucked in into this, oh, into this just wonderful, wonderful narrative. And, you know, I, w- I wanted to ask, have you ever used a straight razor to shave? Uh, no, but I, I've had, I've had people do it to me, but no, I haven't done it myself. Okay. Yeah, I have too. And yeah, and this would get like the most uncomfortable shaving scene since, uh, Jason goes to hell, which is yeah. <laughs> a completely different movie, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm at, I don't know if I'm letting him do what he's doing. It, it was just, it just seems extremely uncomfortable, but. And we can say this is the one link between the two films with the licking of a razor blade. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask, what is, because I don't want to dive too deep into it in case somebody hasn't seen this, so I don't want to to spoil it, even though, I mean, I don't know, Dracula is a pretty famous property, but uh, (laughs) what's your, what's your favorite scene in this movie? Oh, I think it would be um, when they go to, it's a big spoiler, spoiler, but when they go to kill, um, uh, when they go to deal with Lucy after she's become a vampire and the the her, the three men who all love her and I and I I think it's quite progressive as a Victorian story but also now that um, you got three men all in love with the same woman but then they end up you know she picks one of them but they end up all still become still fast friends and they all work together to try and save her and um, to be her friend and be friends to each other and I think that's a that's not something you would often see in the stories there's always like if it's a love rivalry, they would all hate each other. But in this, they, they're all friends, right. which is great. And I also love the um, the relationship between um, Lucy and Mina in this film, that they're not seen as pretty little virgins. They, they, they're shown as normal, real women who are interested in sex. And, right. and, and they, you know, they're, they are, they talk to each other about, you know, their relationships and stuff. And, and uh, and they're interested in sex in this film, which is again something which they don't often allow people women to do in in stories. Um, but it, but it's not done in a salacious way. It's just done in these are normal people. Um, but so I'm, I'm going. I, I've gone off on a tangent. But going back, my favourite scene is when those three men with Van Helsing, who we've got to talk about Anthony, ha- Anthony Hopkins in this film at some point. Um, oh yeah, go, go to deal with the vampire Lucy her look yep. in that when she's she got buried in her wedding dress which is a bit macabre but it's just again the costume for the wedding dress is out of this world she's carrying this this baby um who in the book there's a whole story that this uh woman in white was just killing children and I think there should be a whole film just about Lucy Westerner the vampire that that that's something which is just like a throwaway thing in the book um but they could do more of that but they just go in there, they're waiting in her tomb, she turns up, and when they hold up the cross to her, it all goes backwards. The effect for that is just, the film is just playing backwards, but it's just so spooky and horrible and unnerving and, and, and weird. And then, you know, what the, you know, how they end up dealing with her for that. But for me, that whole sequence is just, I, I, was, I was watching my wife, and even though she was watching it, I had to stop it and say, you've got to watch this bit, it's my favourite bit. And then we uh, went forward and watched that bit. Yeah, it's it's incredible. That was going to be mine as well. Uh, I I love that scene so so much. How how visceral it is. I I can't help thinking about that that Simpsons episode though when uh, Homer hammers Mr. Burns in the crotch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But 
uh, man, yeah, it, it's it's so scary. Uh, you're right. Like when she's backlit, just coming down, coming down the uh, the steps. It's oh, it's just so eerie and and, and great. And yes, let's so let's talk about oh uh, Anthony Hopkins's performance in this. Um, not only his performance, but I just love the character of Van Helsing in this, and just how matter of fact he is. I mean, when they're going to uh, you know kill Lucy, it's like. Uh, when when he first asked uh, Doctor Grant, right? No, Richard Grant's character. Yeah. Um, and he's I forget exactly how he says it, but something about uh, how they're just gonna go stake her through the heart and and cut off her head. Like he's just so matter of fact through this yeah. entire thing. So yeah, uh, what did what did you think about you know his performance, his character? Uh, you know, what what were your thoughts on him? I I just I just love that. It feels like Anthony Hopkins is, is running off of that success of, of Hannibal, Hannibal being Hannibal Lecter. And it's like, I can do whatever I want. And I'm Anthony Hopkins, so therefore I can get away with it. And he's just over the top. Some of the way he talks so fast, but then suddenly slows down for no apparent reason. Puts weird emphasis on part of the line, which you've got don't need any emphasis at all. Um, he thought this bizarre accent, which doesn't sound Dutch to me, but it's just, it's kind of like Amsterdam via um, Port Talbot or something, but he is incredible. He, he's such a strong presence in, in this film. For me, he is so, he's so, uh, such a big presence in this film. It, it's a bit of a mistake for me that they also got him to be the voice of the captain of the Demeter because it, it, it throws you out of the story a little bit. Like, why, why is Van Housen telling this story? Also, he plays um, one of the priests in the sort of the, the prologue. Right. Um, and I was trying to work out, is it meant, because Mina is a reincarnation of Dracula's dead uh, wife, Elizabetta, in this. And I was trying to work out, is Auntie Hopkins, is Van Helsen meant to be a reincarnation of this priest from Dracula's past as well? Um, so those two things... I think it, it sort of it's up there with um, John Reese Davis doing the voice of the Ents in Lord of the Rings. It's like it just sounds so much like Gimli. Why are you doing this? It's just throwing me out of the story a little bit. But that aside, yeah, he's just such he, he's so bizarre, and they almost make him out to be slightly supernatural as well. Because there's that whole scene where he's sort of standing out in the kind of weird swamp-like garden of um, after they've given Lucy uh, multiple blood transfusions, and lighting his um, tiny, very thin little cigars and he sort of disappears and his voice is sort of echoing around and and then he appears again. And it's like, what I've tried, was, again, 20 odd years after, I'm still trying to work out what are they doing with that? Why have they done that? Is he meant to, is he just trying to scare them? Or is it, is it, is he got some kind of supernatural powers? I don't know. Very yeah. strange choices, but this film is full of absolutely mental, strange choices, which still just make it, lovely and weird yeah it does and i never put that together about the the priest angle i mean i i, I noticed it but i always kind of thought that maybe you know he was just an ancestor but yeah i mean this film deal, deals heavily in you know all, all kinds of supernatural themes not just not just vampirism but um but that makes that that does make a whole lot of sense uh, to tie those you know to tie those two things together so yeah that's 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 really that's really interesting and you're right, Anthony Hopkins is just, oh man, he's just such a powerhouse in, in this. And man, I, 
I didn't even I know didn't notice the accent at all at all. But of course, I I don't notice a whole lot of accents or, or dialects, you know, especially uh, European when it comes to when it comes to that thing. I always just thought he was playing an American for some reason, probably because I'm American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I never thought about that. It, so it didn't it didn't take me out at all. And yeah, I as as far as like him him being the captain or anything, I didn't even think he was the captain. I thought it was just you know he was just kind of I don't know recounting the story. Yeah, recounting uh-huh. events of of the story. But I I don't know, man. I'm gonna again. I'm gonna have to go back and, and, and rewatch it. I might rewatch this today just to kind of check oh these, good these different I'm glad. things out. Um, when I originally suggested this, I was thinking I, I hope he likes this because it is a bit of a old um acquire taste so i'm really glad you like it man oh i love this 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 movie so much yeah it's it's uh just brilliant um and so mina and dracula they you know they have uh really a a strong dynamic and, and mina ends up choosing to you know join to join him but ultimately you know because of her her love for him puts him out of his misery at the at the end again i know i'm spoiling things spoiler alert sorry i should have said that first i'll put that in there but um what what did you think about the uh the ending of this of this film i, I don't know because for me the watching it this time round, i felt like the bits which i was really interested in were just rocketed through so the whole Harker in, in Dracula in Castle Dracula, the voyage of the Demeter, um, Lucy becoming a vampire, and then her life as a vampire. It was almost that went at like double speed. Um, but then the whole love story between Mina and, and Dracula, it dragged a little bit to, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love I I love this sort of the the dynamism and the of the of the chase to try and get to, Dra- uh, to Castle Dracula before the sun comes down. Um, and the battle between um, the Dra- uh, Dracula's sort of uh, gypsies and the and like the the free sort of uh, action heroes, um, and then it it felt like it then it slowed down for the almost like the redemption side of things, and even though I feel like they they did a lot to make you. Uh, compassionate and sympathetic towards Dracula at the end of all things I didn't feel like he he deserved this redemption and I I couldn't quite work out how he got it because they had the whole thing of the the healing of the cross and etc etc um so I, I felt like for me the film ended when he burst out of the box in that amazing gold outfit and uh, I can't remember who slit his throat, um, but after that, it's just like okay, let's just let's just finish it now because I'm not really that interested in the love story. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, I liked. I I really really liked the ending of this movie. Well, you know, as as far as you know, the the chasing kind of like where you're talking about. I'm. When, I remember the first time that I I watched this movie, and no, I wasn't. I wasn't sold on Dracula as a, a as a redeemable character. I mean, it, I could not quite make that leap. But uh, so at at the end, of course, I'm wanting these guys to 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 win and to to save Nina. And when you know they're they're chasing them down and you're getting the the sun setting and all that, I was on the mm. edge of my seat. Yes, like the the entire time that this was that this was going on. And I don't know. I mean, it 
seemed like they kind of put him away a little a little too easily but mm-hmm. um as far as the, the the chase and everything goes man i oh gosh i love that part so so much well before we get into into our ratings of this film is there anything else that you want to that you want to touch on I, I i would say the only thing i'm it feels like no other film i i've watched before or since it, it feels like a, a a very strange dream of a play um and it's just got some of the best actors of our generation at the top of the game just being let loose and i i, I love i love it forever and if there's any way i get to watch it on the big screen again i'd, I'd love to do that oh that would be incredible yeah that i that would be really. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to be on the lookout for that because they do re-release films sometimes. Mm. You know, for not not only festivals but different times of the year. I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out. Hopefully. And the music. We didn't talk oh, about the music. The music's yeah. incredible. The score is 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 lovely. Yeah, just and it it sets the tone so well in this. Absolutely, it's so good. All right. So on a scale of one to five, and it doesn't doesn't ne- necessarily have to be you know technically. But although this film is a technical masterpiece, but uh, mm-hmm. on a scale of one to five, what are you giving Dracula? I'm, I, I'm because I got to pick one of my favorite films of all time. It's going to have to be a five. Now I'm I'm right there with you. This is it is my favorite incarnation of Dracula. It really is. Um, you know, little flaws here and there aside, I love this movie so much. It's it's brilliant. Uh, like we've already said, the acting is top notch. It's, it's some of the best acting that you'll ever see in, in a horror film or just film in general. Uh, it's, it's so, so good. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. The score is, uh, is amazing. And I love, I love all these characters. So it is, it's a five out of five for me as, as oh, well. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So now it is on to Evil Dead 2013, which is a completely different uh, remake. <laughs> Yes. It is. It's visceral. It takes itself super serious, and it's it's still uh, a lot of fun. And a horror hot take, uh, I guess, but it's it's my second second favorite of this franchise. Uh, what? How does your Evil Dead uh, franchise ranking go? See, I, I mentioned before that I don't really watch rewatch films that many times. So I've seen the Evil Dead films. I saw Army of Darkness at the cinema. So that's how old I am. Uh, but I don't think I've seen it since then. But one of our co-hosts um, on the General Witchfinders, he was a big um, Sam Raimi and Evil Dead 2 fan. So I watched okay. it a few times when I was at school on video, and I haven't seen it since. And I was tr- really trying hard to convince my wife to watch um, the original Evil Dead 2 after watching Evil Dead last night, but she said it was too late and I had to go to bed. So um, I don't know, man. Um, I'm not I'm not a big franchise uh I'm not a big franchise guy um I think the only franchise I'm a big fan on would probably be the paranormal activity franchise um but yeah so I don't know it's okay oh no that's that's fine everybody and that's that's the thing that I love about horror. everybody has their their own particular taste Mm. um and I'm I'm not the biggest franchise I mean I have different franchises that that I like more than others but I don't necessarily like you know subscribe to you know the big ones that everybody always always falls in love with Mm -hmm. and i mean you give me something 
that is is brilliant. And I'm going to prefer that over you know just fanning over over particular franchise. I mean, some of the films that we we've already talked about. I love uh, the De the Devil's Candy, um, and there's there's just a a bunch of movies that I yeah that I enjoy. But the Evil Dead franchise though is is one exception. I love that one so much. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, for me it's it's uh, Evil Dead Two is, is my favorite. And then this, and then uh, probably the original The Evil Dead, and then uh, Army of Darkness comes comes last. But it doesn't mean I don't like it. I, I I still do enjoy all those. Films. I've watched about five episodes of Ash vs the Evil Dead. That's pretty good. I enjoy oh, that. Oh, it is. It is hilarious. Yeah, I, I yeah I bought that as soon as it as soon as it came out. This is honestly a movie that I stayed away from for, oh, probably four or five years after it came out, because again, I love, I love the, you know, the original franchise. And so, you know, and not that I, not that I am that, that person that dislikes remakes. Mm. I'm like, man, it's the, the originalists, they're so good. How are they gonna, how are they gonna make this, you know, how, how are they gonna do this justice? Uh, you know, what, what, what's gonna happen in it? Um, and I just pictured him being all slapsticky and kind of silly with the new one. I just didn't think mm. it would work. And even when sort of positive reviews started coming out about this, I still was a little hesitant. And then finally I watched it. I'm like, man, this is, this is really, really good. Um, so talk, talk us through like kind of what your first experience was and like how you came to this film. So when, um, so what, what year did you say this, this was made? It was um, uh, 2013. Yeah, so I was mentioning this to one of my colleagues at, um, at work, saying um, I'm doing these two films for this podcast. And he was saying, oh, 2013. He said, no, I was going, no, no, it's like 2019 or something. In my mind, this is a much newer film than it actually is. Um, I, my wife loves um, uh, Evil Dead, and uh, she really wanted to watch this film. Um, so we, we rented it out um, when it originally came out, which again like i said i thought it was a couple of years ago not nearly 10 um it's one of those films i feel like it would be a much better experience watching in a cinema with a, uh, a group of people it feels to me like a um almost like a, a ride yeah in as much as it's it's they're going out of their way to make people as grossed out and, and as shocked as they possibly can um with some, with some of the effects and and some of the scares on there, and I imagine if you was in a in a room with a lot of people all screaming and shouting at the same time, it would be a, an excellent experience. Um, yeah, but I'm not sure. For, for me, it, I'm not sure how well it's like a sitting on the sofa experience for me. Okay, so uh, you know we get introduced to these characters, and these characters are nothing compared to the ones in Dracula. But uh, you know we <laughs> <laughs> we get uh, David and his girlfriend Natalie. Uh, friends Olivia, Eric, and his and his sister uh, Mia. Uh, were you on board with this uh, this merry band of beat puppets? Or yeah, so for me, the, I, I I was really interested in that dynamic because it it felt when when they were all introduced at the beginning, when you're trying to work out um, what the relationships are between people, um, why is there an animosity between the two uh, two uh, guys there um i felt like the the girlfriend uh natalie i felt like she was a little bit underdeveloped because i wasn't sure she's just like this is my girlfriend I, and i it looks looks as if there was a quite a bit cut out of her of her story right um but 
yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed sort of trying to work out what the relationship was and why they were there and why they were this, going to this, this disgusting cabin, which I was thinking, is this, was this like someone's like holiday home? Because I can't imagine anyone wanting to come and spend a holiday here. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's terrible. It's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre cabin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I th- yeah, it was like David and Mia's parents or grandparents' cabin that they hadn't been to in years or something like that. But mm. that, that is the one thing, though that this film does better than probably 90% of the movies out there is the setup of this and and why they're going to the cabin in the first place, because it so easily could have been just, okay, this is a a group of friends and we've seen it a hundred times before where they're going to this cabin to party and then terrible things start happening to them, but they have Mm. a legitimate reason uh, to go there and that's that they're trying to get Mia off of off of drugs so they're isolating themselves in this location and man I I thought that was just brilliant uh the first time I saw I'm like oh okay this this makes so much sense like why yeah. can't we put you know uh just a little bit of thought into more of this stuff uh, what, and also what, it, it gave them a great excuse not to leave as well um, right because so often particularly in modern things you feel like just get in the car and leave because you know, or go and call the police or, or something whereas you know we had uh, two of the friends say to the the book no she's she's we've tried this at least once before and she will uh try and leave and we, we've we've got to doesn't matter what she says what what excuse she gives we've got to keep her here and i thought that was a, a clever um way round that 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 sort of uh way out for the characters in the story it was it was it was so clever yes the, the whole thing like it just it it speaks to something that is you don't often see right in modern horror which is logic you know these there is a logical reason for for these things mm. happening and of course you know if, if you're you're dealing with that kind of terrible situation yes it's it, it's going to be bad for that person and they're going to try anything they can to get out of out of that situation and you're right there's anytime some kind of weird stuff all starts happening, everybody just either ignores it or there's some kind of stupid excuse. I, I talked about this on a, a previous podcast one time where, you know, you, you'll have like a, a, a ax wielding maniac outside and somebody's <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's, it was just the wind. Like, you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody trying yeah. to beat down the door is not the goddamn wind. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in, in you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. In this one, there they have this this built-in reason of you know why that she may be experiencing uh some of these things and there it's not just oh, okay you know it, there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on so we're, we're gonna leave no it's it it's all in the beginning happening to her and so when she's trying to voice that nobody believes her for a, a great reason you know for a reason that that makes sense so yeah, I, and I, yeah. And I, I think that's a fear a lot of people have is when of knowing uh, it's, it's something i have a recurring dream that's something for example there's a big disaster happening and no one is listening to me that that you're, you're the one who knows it's time it's time to leave and no one is listening and if if, if anything else that's that's stop stopping you from leaving yourself it, that's a, a great fear to sort of tap into but that all being said as soon as i i found all the dead cats hung up by barbara bar underneath underneath the floorboards I would have been out of there <laughs> yeah it's just like your fetish, yeah <laughs> yeah or like you know why does why does Eric pick up this book that's you know wrapped in 
and plastic and barbed wire and, you know, just inked with all kinds of crazy stuff and don't read, you're going to hell, you know, all this, all this stuff, you know, and just like, you know what, you know, it'd be a good idea. Uh, I'm just going to check this out. Well, with me and my, my wife, Beck, said this is the argument we would have because I'd want to look at the book and she would be saying, don't touch it, you know, because I'm interested in that kind of weird shit. And also don't believe that it's real. Whereas she would be like, it doesn't matter if there's, if you don't believe it's real, if there's any chance of it being real, just do not touch it. And I, yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm, the, I'm the kind of person, yeah, that, that would look at the book, but I'm definitely not reading passages out of it. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, going back to my childhood, uh, like Bloody Mary and stuff was, was a big thing, like when I was when I was real little. And mm-hmm. yeah, you, you couldn't pay me enough money to, to go into the bathroom and turn out the lights <laughs> and, and do that. So um, oh, someone's told me once that if you have candlelight um, and then stare at yourself in the mirror enough just by candlelight that it makes your brain go a bit weird and you you're, you end up having like sort of like weird uh hallucinations the amount of times i've tried that to try and get that to work and i, I can't get it go, going so yeah i think i'm the opposite i'll be in there all night saying bloody Mary, trying to get something to happen <laughs> okay well like so for instance in stories like uh the blob and that kind of thing yeah i'd be i'd be dead right away because a yeah, meteor would hit and i'd be like oh man let's go let's go look at it yeah. but you know when it comes to i don't know i guess supernatural things i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and leave that alone oh. even though i don't believe in it i'm like I mean, you're just not going to take that chance. Oh, we found a uh, a hatch in our front garden the other day. Um, so because I was digging it and, and I, I took a picture of it and then covered up again. And my my friend John, the one of the co-hosts, he said, completely the right thing to do. Ever find a mysterious hatch in your garden? Don't go opening it. No. <laughs> I've seen too many of these films. <laughs> no, yeah, that's probably a good thing to, to just 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 leave alone. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm sure, you know, not being the, the, you know, the biggest Evil Dead follower, but the, the car that Neil was sitting on was, was the Delta that's in oh. all, all of Sam Raimi's movies. Yeah, so love, we love the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, which that, that the car's featured in, but I thought that as well. But then doing some research on the internet, there's lots of nerds out there who give you lots of reasons why that's not the, exactly the, the same car, but different parts of the hood are not quite right. Right. Yeah, I mean, no, I didn't think it was the same car. And that's another that's another discussion we, we can't have. So when I put this out on the uh, the socials and, you know, to, to get kind of people's feedbacks on what they what they thought about this film and what they thought about what they thought about Dracula. Of course, there were a couple of people that, you know, popped up in the chat and were like, well, technically, this is this is uh, not a sequel or it's not a uh, it's not a remake. It's actually a sequel. It's Evil Dead 4. And I'm like, OK, yeah. all right, I get it. OK. I, I get it. Not technically a remake, but it is. I mean, it is to me anyway. So, yeah. and it's my it's my goddamn show, and so it's a it's a remake <laughs> for this. <laughs> yeah, for these purposes. So, yeah, it's it's probably not the exact deal, but I just thought that was that was kind of neat. No, it's nice. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I'll have to ask this question: it is, is it a good idea if if you're trying to get somebody off of drugs to let them hold on to the drugs during a long trip just to throw them away later? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I imagine she, they didn't know she had the drugs on her at that, at that point. Um, I, and I, is it wrong to say that? I would say, can I have them? Because I don't want to waste those drugs for them down a well. <laughs> Just because you can't handle them. Yeah, it's it's not a good idea for uh, for you. But hey, I, you know what? I'll keep these. I'll keep these safe with me. They'll be, yeah. they'll be fine. And and if you're throwing it into our only um, source of drinking water as well, that's probably not a good idea either. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think. Yeah. So. Yeah, now you're going to be, you know, showering and drinking 
drug water, but hopefully it's uh, it's it's diluted enough to where that's not well, going to affect it. Well, that's where you turn up the temperature until it's like absolutely boiling hot and scalding your skin off. Oh yeah, to get all the drugs out. Oh my goodness, yeah. Let's so yeah, let's 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 talk about that one when when Mia goes in and you get so well before that you get the the infamous. Uh, you know, tree rape scene, which is kind of, uh, I don't, you know, an homage to to the original one. Mm-hmm. And man, both of these just, uh, just creep me out so bad. But I think this one, this one got me just, just a little bit, uh, man, just a little bit more than the other one. I was, I was crawling up the back of the couch uh, mm-hmm. during, during that scene. Is that like, does that, that kind of thing affect you? Or are you just like, oh, okay. The tree rape. Um, I, it's one of the that's one of the, the parts of this film I feel like you never see anything anyone any guy having a branch shoved up his ass in a film they would only do this to a, a, one of the one of the three girls who none of them are allowed to wear trousers they've all got to wear skirts yeah. in this thing it, it, it felt um, yeah it was it was cringy but also used for like come on guys be a bit more creative and don't always get do the horrible things to the ladies that's, um, but I think that's just what horror films are like though isn't it it is, yeah. Why don't, yeah? Why, why don't we be a little bit more equal opportunity? Yeah, for these kind Stick of things. Branches yeah. up, guys' bums as well as women's um, front bums. Yeah, and I know. Yeah, we don't like it either. So yeah, that, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be cringing even more if I saw uh, that. Uh, that would be that would be pretty tough. But either way, like, it just oh man. It, equal opportunity, um, tree rate, please. Equal, uh, that's what we are about on this podcast. Equal opportunity. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, you know if you're gonna if you're gonna show if you're going to show boobs, hey, throw us a dick, you know? Yeah. yeah. They, I'm not, they, I'm not we, into dicks, but, you know, I, I, I just want to see a few. Yeah, I, I, I will appreciate it. So, so yeah, why don't, why, don't, why don't we do that a little bit more often? Filmmakers, yeah. take, take note take note of these things. More dicks. <laughs> you, you can isolate that if you want. There you go. Yeah, that, that'll, be the, that, that'll be the teaser. <laughs> Hashtag more dicks. Um, so, yeah, then... Um, you know, we get we get that, and everybody is you know they're they're not believing uh, you know what happened, and she tries to get away. The one thing though that I I man, I cannot stand every time that this happens that I, I see it where some kind of apparition or entity or whatever appears in the road, and they always swerve. I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm running that I'm running that fucker down, you know. <laughs> Especially if it's an apparition of, of herself. Uh, I couldn't work it out. Was it her or the girl we saw at the beginning? It was the not not the girl that we saw at the beginning. It was like a foreshadowing. It was the you know what, whatever they call the entity. It was the uh, the demon, the Candarian demon lady. Uh, was it, yeah. was it was? But was that her? Because I couldn't work that out. Was the thing that came out of the ground her? No, it wasn't or... her. Oh, okay, so I completely misread this film then. No, yeah, just a just a just a female female demon was was who it was it wasn't, wasn't her but that yeah that would have been that would have been pretty good if they would have used her like this that would have that would have been pretty interesting um so you know going back to like the shower and the, the, i don't know the kills in this are just so over the top Visceral. yeah what did you think um and, and i don't know you know your you know particular tastes as far as everything like are you a you know a, a gore person i mean what, what did you think about the uh, the effects in this film I don't know. I I'm I'm all about the dread of something horrible happening, and often my my favorite films are where like that horrible thing either doesn't happen or you don't see it. So I think 
I often get in arguments with people about Blair Witch because I said nothing happens in that film. And I said, the whole yeah. thing's about nothing happening. And then just the, the fact that the, the story behind why they, they were standing in the corner staring, you know, it's because they're not looking at the horrible thing happening behind them. Right. That is that is um, my kind of uh, dread. Um, and I, I can I can remember I can remember the first time watching this film of watching someone getting cut in half of a chainsaw and 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 just just looking to see how much longer the film was going on and thinking oh, am I that desensitized to this sort of stuff now that you know that amount of blood is a little bit boring it's I can I, I love special effects and um, American Werewolf from London is something we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks on our podcast and I the effects in that incredible I just I, I love physical effects and the amount of work going into them um but I, I i don't think i get scared or affected that much by um you know i think the guy what's it what's it called one with um franco getting his arms trapped in a boulder then he has to cut it through with his pen knife oh 100 is that 127 hours something like that isn't it yes That's, yeah um and i think they do the bit when he cuts the nerve with like an animation or something don't they something weird they just went weird with that and that was more horrific to me than some of the arms being pulled off in this because it so it, i think it was just like overload of, of blood and guts and it was like it looks very it looks looks great but it's it's, it's not doing anything to me and as much as scaring me right like, like i said if there was loads of people all freaking out in the cinema i think i would be i'd be right up there with them enjoying it it does do a good job of ratcheting up the tension, but you're right. It, uh, you know, after after a little while, yeah, you just kind of, you know, you go from kind of being grossed out or icked out or, you know, if that if that bothers you, to just like, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, I've I've seen it. And so they have to keep they have to keep up in the ante. One one thing I did want to uh, want to speak on though was uh, Natalie, and when when she cuts her arm off and stuff, mm -hmm. I was thinking like the whole time that. So this is going to be our new Ash character, especially yes. when when that yeah. happened. Mm -hmm. And so I I I love how this kind of turned it on its head. And, and no, she didn't end up that, you know, as as the main character because it you know it just gave you something something different. And I loved I I really loved and felt for for Mia as a as a character. Um, what what did you think about about her performance? I thought her performance was brilliant, particularly when she was like the head poking out of the um the trap door and sort of we're saying her eyes are so wide and and that sort of spooky weirdness you know like harley quinn on acid sort of feel i think she did a really good job uh, as being that sort of deadite um yeah i enjoyed that yeah i i, I absolutely love that aspect and we'll all right, so we'll we'll touch on the the ending just just a bit, and I know um, you know this this may not be your you know your 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 favorite film, but man, I love the the ending of this movie. I know it, it's it's kind of silly, it's and it's and it's over the top, but just that shot uh, when it pans back when she's cutting the cutting the demon in half, it's <laughs> raining blood with the cabin on yeah. fire. I thought was just one of the best shots I've I've ever seen in, in a horror movie. Uh, and, what, what did and you I think about and, that? Uh, yeah, like I said, and I liked the way that they held on it for so long. 
because it made it funny as well. Oh, um, it did, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just so over the top. Um, it, it, was, it, was, um, it was fun. That um, was... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, I just wasn't sure what I was meant to be feeling at that point. Was I meant to be grossed out or, um, or, or what? Because it was kind of like, this is kind of funny. That, and I, that, if that's what I was meant to be feeling, um, it achieved it. Yeah, definitely. So I, I've, I've, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm being down on one of your favorite films. I'm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, cool. Absolutely. You know, if we if we all just agreed on everything, it would just be boring. So, yeah. no, that I, I I appreciate that. And well, I mean, kind of like we talked about, not everybody likes Drake. I do, but you know, I mean, it, everything has its has its detractors, and that just you know makes for interesting one of the conversation. Things, one of the things I felt like they could have done more with this is because. The whole idea of the book what is the book what is this about who wrote this book um what 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 is the what is the spell what what were the people doing at the beginning of the film um i'm not necessarily looking for answers because often i feel like when you get given the answer to something it spoils it but i felt like they almost and i think i'm right in saying that there was more cut out of of that and i think they found out didn't they have like a tape recording from like they had in the original film yes um and i think they play it in the end credits and stuff i wish that they they lent more into that um because it was almost like we had a really nice nicely paced setup of the who these are the characters um this is why they're here this is what they're trying to do they found the book and then it all kicked off and it's like well hang on that book's really interesting to me as a viewer uh, I want to know more of the mythology behind all of this. What's going on? Who are, who is this creature? And I think it relied a little bit too much on people having seen the past films, because I think they did a better job from, from my memory of it, of building up that mystery and that lore, whereas it was almost like, well, you've seen this film, so we're just going to cut to the, you know, people getting shot with nail guns. You know, like I, 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 for me, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it and i wish they had more of that in this right yeah that that is that is one thing well you don't get a whole lot of of you know backstory or the mystery or or what's actually happening or, or why in this movie and it is it is a i guess what you would call a spectacle movie so mm -hmm. you you get these phenomenal uh set pieces and you know that but without a whole lot of story and if that's and you know if that's your thing and it's not always you know I, I i enjoy um deep movies and i think it's just because i hold this this franchise holds a particular you know soft spot in my heart that i that i am so high on this one but i can i definitely can see you know how it, there's just a bit missing in mm -hmm. in this movie as as far as the the story and, and the plot goes and is there anything else that uh, before we get into our ratings, is there anything else you want to you want to touch on in this one? I think considering it's much old, much older than I remember it being, I think there was nothing in this where I felt that looked fake. I think the the, the special effects in this were really really good, um, and yeah, I, I think that, uh, like I said, I think if there was in a, in a crowd of people all being grossed out by, by it, I would be loving it. Yeah, it's definitely it is definitely a, a a party movie, but I do I have a I have a good time with this one. So, out of a scale of one to five, what are you rating Evil Dead? I'm going to give it a two. I'm afraid. I hope that's okay, and it keeps oh, me yeah. invited back. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. 
Uh, for me, like I said, uh, holds a soft spot for me. I, I enjoy the characters. I enjoy, you know, the setup, what we do get of it. And I enjoy the ride so much in this movie. And then, you know, the, the little bit of Bruce Campbell that you get at the, at the very end is, I mean, it's, it's just silly and nonsense, but, uh, mm -hmm. but I, I, I loved it kind of geeked up the first time I saw that. So uh, this is another five out of five for me. And Fantastic. I, yeah, I just, I appreciate this one so much. Uh, and if it would have been anything else, if it would have been, I don't know, kids in the cabin, you know, or something, I don't know, then it, it mm -hmm. would have, it would have definitely ranked lower. So I know that I am completely not being objective uh in 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 my rating but that's that, that's fine i i do i do enjoy this one five out of five for me well that's that's it my friend Brilliant. thank you so much for for coming on today one more time why don't you tell the uh the, the listeners out there where they can find you thank you very much um so we're on twitter as general witch one um and there's general witches dot general witch but just look for general witch finders on um, wherever you're looking for your podcast. And we cover um, British horror, um, mainly horror films. And it, for some reason, mainly horror films made in 1971 or 1972 for some reason. Um, but we also cover um, some horror books. We've done some James Herbert books. Um, we've done some horror TV programs. Um, yeah. So yeah, if, if, if you like, Christopher Lee, I think Christopher Lee is our most featured um, actor in all of our stuff. Definitely give us a check us out. Like I said, guys, all those descriptions will be or all those links will be down in the descriptions. Please, please, please go give them a follow. Go check their stuff out because it is it's it's really good. It's it's brilliant. And I absolutely love the show. Highly recommend it. It is awesome. So go check mm -hmm. them out and just see what they're what they're doing. And because they do, they bring a different perspective on horror. I mean, we don't want the same thing every single time. So please go check out Witchfinder General. It's it's amazing, amazing stuff. And thank you guys again for joining me in Podcast on the Woods. If you'd like to follow me, I'm at Woods Podcast One on the Twitters. And you can email the show podcast in the woods one at gmail.com. And I would love to hear your take on my opinions. And I mean you could tell me I'm wrong because I am a lot of the time. So that would that's just fine. We can talk about it. Until next time, stay scary.